0: Ladies, welcome the continuation of the study of the Tehillim of David HaMelech ala Shalom, or at chapter 77. <clears throat> we learned these chapters, le'inu nishmat at tzaddiket, Dea lili bat virjene, Mrs. Lili Medde, alayah shalom, project <clears throat> of her son, uh, who had the idea that we expound the chapters in her memory <clears throat> and publicize it, maybe eventually even uh, put these Devere Torah in print and maybe even publish a book. But that's, uh, that's his business, our business is to elucidate the chapters and say some novel ideas. <clears throat> the theme of this chapter would be <clears throat> the author, which seems to be Asaf again. <clears throat> so when he's uh, discussing in this chapter, it's general, it's not commemorating a specific event. Uh, the purpose is uh, to uh, acknowledge and to feel the pain of the exile. The thousands of years of exile that we're in, we can relate to it. And he's going to uh, make a heartfelt prayer to God. You know, until when? Until when are you going to keep us in this uh, exile and not bring us to redemption, as you did when we came out of Egypt, and then the chapter is going to go into some of the miracles that God did when we came out of Egypt, splitting the sea, etc. And the point is going to be, just like you did it then, you still have the capability, so therefore why not uh, continue it and do it now and bring us to a final, that's the main overview of the chapter. Now we have to fit that in the words. al الْيِدُوتُونَ now this is a new word for us in Tehillim, Yidutun. Put it on the side. Asaf mizmor. Okay, it's the mizmor of Asaf. He was one of the writers for the, uh, for the Tehillim, and that's the way we understand it. Now some say <coughs> that Yidutun was the name of a person. Actually, uh, I might be mistaken, which is no Hiddush uh, no on that. But if you look at chapter thirty nine, yes, I am mistaken. In chapter thirty nine, Yidutun is also mentioned, and it was Rashi over there that said Yidutun is Shem Adam Ehad. He's a man's name, Minam Mishorerim, and he's one of the uh, he was one of the singers, so he was part of the choir. Then Rashi says. That there was a name of an instrument called the yidutun. Okay, we don't have that instrument today, or maybe we do, but it just has a different name. I don't know anybody that plays the yidutun. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, midrash, which Rashi brings over here, is, and I quote Rashi in our chapter: "Aladatot v'aladinim haovrim al Yisrael," that this is referring to the decrees and the uh, gezerot. And the judgments that the Guim persecute the Jewish people. So, Lidutun is melashon dat vadin. The gezerot, the decrees that they make against the religion. Religious persecution, anti-Semitism. That they make all sorts of decrees throughout the generations from us keeping the Torah. Therefore, the song over here is to commemorate or to highlight or to to focus on uh, Lidutun. Al dat on the persecution that they do to us religiously by, uh, by passing uh, so that's And that's the one we're going to go with today. I don't think they're contradictory. I could say Yidutun is the name of a person. I could say it's the name of an instrument. And I could say it's the theme of the chapter. Elu ve'elu devrei Elohim They do not uh, necessarily uh, argue with each other. <clears throat> okay, well now, now, that, now that we got the first passage, now let's see what the chapter is talking about. <laughs> elohim well, elohim that's telling us that uh, my my call my voice is to elohim is to god i cry out to god in prayer elohim and my voice is to god elai i hope that he will listen to me Beyom Sarati Adonai Darashti Yadi Laila Nigira We Go slow. Sarati Ashim On the day of my trouble, I searched out for God. Yadi, Yadi means my hand, literally, but as she says here, Yadi means Makati. Makati meaning my wound. My wound. Meaning the wounds of exile, the blemishes that the Green do to us during the exile. Yadi, Laila nigera. Sweden has she on that. zeh, this exile, which is like night, it's a long night. Nigera le umara. Now, <coughs> everybody ate breakfast already. But the point is, it's talking about when a person has a, a blemish, God forbid, and it, uh, it oozes uh, pus and uh, all different blood and things like that. So the Pasuk is saying, my wounds from exile are oozing overnight. In the exile, all the, the uh, secretions that come from it. What does ve'lotafug mean? It doesn't stop. <laughs> to no end, as we would say. That means the, the, the long night of exile seems that it doesn't have an end to it. It's open-ended. The first galut was 70 years. Okay, 70 years, it's not such a long time in comparison to, what did we say the other night, 1954 years. It's a long time. So, therefore, uh, and every generation, it's a different Makkah, it's a different nafshi, And therefore, I cannot be consoled. Ironically, this is the week of, of consolation, Nahamu, and the David and Melech says, How can I be consoled? It's too much. Uh, for, it doesn't lend itself to consolation. Pasuk Dalet. iskera Elohim ve'ehemaya. Asicha ve'tetatef selah. So now it says in, uh, in, in, in the pasuk over here, Eskira Elohim. I remember the good old days, as we would say. Eskira, you know, when you're remembering something in nostalgia. I remember the, the good old days when the Jews were in charge. The days of Yeshua Ben-Nun and the days of Chizkiah HaMelech Ve'Hemaya Ve'Hemaya means uh, I, uh, I long those days. Uh, those days are, uh, you know, uh, good memories. Asiha I speak about the, the glorious days of yore, of, of yesteryear. Ve'tetatef ruhi se'la. And I, I faint from the how great those days were compared to the days that we're in now. <suspended> <Allison> but it atef nuchim. But it atef min hit aleph. is to faint. Rashi says Asiha beotan chasalim betovot. and he gives a French word that I don't speak. Pasukhe Pasukhe Aha Shimurot enai. Nef'amti velo Okay. What do you think Shemurot enay are? Well, you know what enay are. Very good. The, the eyelids. <clears throat> the eyelid is called Shemurot enay. Because it's the item that protects the eye. So what is David HaMelech saying here? Ahasta, you held my eyelids. That's a flowery way of saying... I couldn't sleep at night. <clears throat> it's as if somebody was holding my eyelids open and I wasn't able to close them. And what was keeping him up at night? Thinking about all the troubles of the exile and all the, the, uh, the terrible things that were going on. <inaudible> Again, you held the, uh, uh, the part of the body that protects my eye. Called the eyelids. Nif'amti. Nif'amti means, you know what a pa'amon is? It's a bell. I heard like a bell ringing. When a person hears a bell ringing, he can't fall asleep. So he says, uh, uh, And also, when you hear a bell, it's, sometimes it arouses and shocks the person. Uh, I wasn't able to open my mouth. Meaning the pain was so much, that sometimes when a person's in shock, or a person's afraid, he doesn't even have the ability to talk. He just becomes paralyzed to a certain degree. And that's what the exile did to, 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 to says. <coughs> it kept me up at night, if amti, I was startled. That would be the word. Uh, to the extent where I wasn't able to get to express myself in any words. Actually, want to read the Rashi for a second? He learns differently. He learns from the word Shimurot, can mean Ashmurot. Ashmurot means uh, uh, the, the middle of the night. David the is saying here, He says, my eyes are wide open. fine. Now he says, I I remember the days of old. Mekidem meaning. What happened before? The years. The years that passed. So he says, I remember Neginati Balayla. What is Neginati? The songs. I remember the good songs. The songs that I sang, Balayla. When was that? When the Beta mikdash was around. When the Beta mikdash was around... We had the best choir. We had the Levi'im singing at the temple every day. The most melodious uh, songs, incredible uh, moments with music and musical accompaniment. So the Pasukha is saying, "Is ginati." I remember the songs that were sung in the Beit And when do I remember it? By Layla. Now in exile, which is compared to Laila. So you put a comma after the ginati. When? When do I remember Naginati, the beautiful, melodious songs of the temple? Malayla, meaning at the, at the night. That she says, I remember the, uh, the, the beautiful songs. You ever hear of uh, people that talk to themselves? <coughs> I know some people like that, you do that? Yeah, it's okay. I know some Nikim that actually do that. It's the best one to talk to. Yeah, they don't answer back and you're always right. You're always right, you're never wrong when you talk to yourself. There's benefits definitely talking to yourself. And uh, so the explanation over here is, uh, but a lot of times people talk to themselves when they're troubled. When they're troubled, they talk to themselves. and. Uh, you know they need to relieve themselves. So David HaMelech says over here, and here's where you get it from talking to yourselves. Uh, the person says, "Im <laughs> To my heart, I talk. It means he's talking to himself. Uh, and I'm trying to find Khapes, I'm searching I'm trying to find a, a solution to this uh, to this problem over here. That she says, "Ani mechasev." What does Hashem want from us? And I'm saying to myself, next pasuk, Is God going to forget us forever? These are the things that come into the mind of the Jew that's in exile. It it, it, it doesn't seem like there's an end. Is this going to be forever? Is God going to abandon us for eternity? Velo libtsot od is God never going to be appeased again? That's some of the thoughts that is God's anger eternal. That's some of the thoughts that the Jew uh, in exile has. hasdo, which means Rashi, uh, sheme kala hasdo. Heafes means to end. If it's also can mean zero which is also nothing. Is God's chesed ending forever? i read it again. we read it like this. Ha'afes hasdo lanetzach, has God's kindness come to an end forever? God was so good for so many years, and now what, we don't see any chesed. So is it finished, is that it? Did God's mercy run out, is it unempty? gamar omer ledor vador this is being said rhetorically which means uh, the gezerah that god said that it should be galut gamar omer the omer is hashem's words gamar is the decree he finalized the decree is the decree of exile the dor vador it forever? we hope not but that's what uh, that's what the so that she says, gezerat olam Sheloi Od. Is, is there a or a decree that God will never, uh, 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 His anger will never subside? And again, this is very, very appropriate for our exile, because again, longest, even Egypt, which was was a long one, two hundred and ten years, then we got out, uh, but this one over here is, uh, is, is is equal to all of them combined. And that's why it's appropriate, this chapter. And it doesn't stop. <laughs> Did God forget that she says, <laughs> Has God forgotten grace? Is, is it a grace? <laughs> Meaning, is a, there's a grace period. Okay, a person made a sin, and then the judge finally says, Okay, you served your sentence. Uh, they let him out on uh, good behavior. Has God forgotten grace? Im kafas beafra <hamav> which means did God kafas literally means to to jump. Beafra chamav. she says over here, uh. <im kafas> so doesn't mean to jump. Kafas means to close. When the person doesn't give sidakada to Torah says, Don't clench your your hand. So the pasuk is to be read like this. Im be'af, Rahamav, have you closed in the gates of mercy? Have you have you clenched the, 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 the doors of mercy? Imkafaz, beaf, have you closed in your anger Rahamav? how we're learning the Pasuk. Im have you closed in anger? be'af? And what did you close in anger? Rahamav. And how long does it seem you closed it for? Selah. How long is Selah? Forever. <clears throat> Ba'omar David Melech says after pondering all this and thinking about it I'm going to answer my question well the question that he asked himself because he was talking to himself so he says I asked myself a question and I'm going to give myself an answer You know what it's all about? You know why God put us in exile? Haloti. What is haloti. And she says, Ba'omar <laughs> Halotihi, My thoughts tell me, mm-hmm. It's to shake me up and get me scared. That's the purpose of the exile. Why, why would God want to get us scared? So that she says, in order, elav, to make teshuvah. So Borei Olam has to shake us up in order to take us out of our slumber, or maybe worse, our intoxication. Uh, this is drunk, but without drinking wine, just drunk from all the, the long exile. So Borei brings the troubles in order to wake us up. That's what David Melech's assessment is. Halotihi. It's to shake us up. It's not a punishment. It's not a punishment. On the contrary, it's in order to bring us to the to, to the truth. So we don't fall into danger. Shenot Yemin Elyon Shenot means to change. Shenot is shanot to change. Yemin alyon. What do you mean? The right. We know in the books, the right always represents mercy. And especially the mercy of God is called Yemin Elyon. The right hand of Elyon of God. All this is happening because God is uh, Shenot Yemin Elyon. He's changing the right, His right hand. His right hand is turning into a left hand. When you change from the right, there's only one other option. You change from right to left. And left we know is judgment. And therefore the pasuk is saying Shinot yemin elyon, that God's right hand has changed um, the hand that used to do kindness with Bnei Yisrael. Like it says, Hashem, nedaribakowach. And saying, Hashem. God's right hand brings the miracles. Now we don't see it. But that's only because He wants to shake us up in order to make Teshuva. That's one way of learning that pasuk that haloti means halhala trepidation you know where we see this i'll tell you where we see this but it halhal hamalka you remember queen esther so there was a decree and there was a decree that hama i'm not telling you i think you don't know haman made a decree to to, to kill the man women, and children on one day and mordechai got wind of it and he gave it over to esther and what's esther's reaction well, exactly what a reaction is supposed to be when there's decrees against the Jewish people, bat tithalhal But Bat Tit Tit halal means she she shook and she had trepidation. And that trepidation ultimately led to a three-day fast, and the people making teshuvah, and ultimately the decree. So halhala is a good thing if it leads to uh, action. Of course, sometimes halhala leads to inaction. People, people become... Uh, uh, crippled by halhalav. The fear causes them to hide under the covers and they don't want to get out of bed and they're scared of, uh, to do anything. But the halhalav was something that uh, uh, motivated her to do uh, the writing and that's uh, and it served its purpose. Now that's one interpretation. Now if you look at the Sifor, I have it in front of me. You pay a couple extra bucks, you get a, uh, a Tehillim with a lot of commentaries in it. That's money well spent. So he says over here in (coughs) Sephorno, We're going to go through all this trouble. I got to pray. The word Haloti comes from the word by Hal Moshe. By Hal Moshe is that he beseeched God after the the sin of the the golden calf. So, therefore, I said to myself, there's only one option. I must, I, must, I must pray. And what will that do? Which means it will change. It will change the right hand of God that now is treating us like a left hand. We need to change the right hand back to be a right hand. So, that we pray for mercy. That's. Again, another uh, interpretation of what the purpose of, of Galut is in order to pray for the redemption and for God's mercy. <clears throat> now, he comes along and he says, I'm going to remind myself of some of the hasadim that God did to us in previous generations. We're starting now, Pasuk bit I start to remember some of the, the actions of God. As I start to remember the pilaim, the pilaim the of the wonders Pelaycha, that you did in the previous generations. And I will I will express, I will speak about all of your miracles that you did. The chasadim that you did to the Bnei Yisrael. How you took revenge against our enemies. And I will converse on all of your actions. And here it is. Elohim. Bakodesh darkecha. One thing is for certain. God has a way. Darkecha is a way, like a derech. You know what God's way is? Bakodesh. Where's Bakodesh? He loves to sanctify His name. Whenever he does these miracles, it makes Kiddush Hashem. Either when he makes a miracle for the Jewish people and saves them from their enemies, or when he brings revenge against the enemies of Bnei Israel, one thing emerges, B'kodesh. Everybody says, Look at God. So therefore, Elohim, God Almighty. Now obviously this is referring to judgment, because this says Elohim. When you punish our enemies using the Shem Elohim, which is judgment, but Kodesh Darkecha, your way that emerges is Kodesh, which is Kiddush Hashem. Mi'el Gadol Kelohim. Who is great like that? Who knows how to excise punishment like God? Just, just, just when the green forget who God is, He reminds them very quickly. el <coughs> You are the God that does Pele. mazepele, Pele? Wonders. Like we say in Az Yashir every day. tehilot Osefele. Wonders at the time of the splitting of the sea. Oda'ata ba'amim uzecha. You showed the nations your greatness. The Midrash writes, if I'm not mistaken, that when the sea split, all the bodies of the world split. Not only Yamsuf, that was the event but there was also uh, minor events around the world that thats what everybody knew. Everybody knew about the miracle of the splitting of the sea because they experienced it wherever they were. So therefore the pasuk is saying over here, Hodata ba'amim you revealed to the nations your, your greatness. All right, and now we get to the pasuk that I came to expound. <clears throat> Listen, I can't just get to the pasuk without skipping the first 14 pasukim, but this is the pursuit that deserves our attention today. Let's read it according to a simple interpretation and then we'll, we'll elaborate. Ga'alta bizroa amecha. Ga'alta, you redeemed. Bizroa, bizroa means with your outstretched arm. And who did you redeem? Amecha, your nation. Okay, so far so good. <coughs> like we say in the Haggadah, o bizroa netuya. They don't want it to be out the outstretched hand. And who did you save? Or Us. Who's us? Bnei Yaakov Be Yosef. Selah. You saved the children of Yaakov and Yosef. <laughs> now, I don't have a problem. You want to tell me we're called Bnei Yaakov? It's true. All the twelve tribes might have different mothers. But we all came from the same father. So we're called Bnei Yaakov or Bnei Israel, however you want to say it. I have no problem with that. But it says over here that we're not only the sons of Yaakov, but the sons of Yosef. Now that's not true. Biologically, we're not the sons of Yosef. I mean, I guess Menashe and Ephraim can say that they are Bnei Yosef and Bnei Yaakov. Because they indeed are the biological children of Yosef and the grandchildren of Yaakov. But if you're the son of, uh, of Zebulun, or you're the son of Naphtali, or any other tribe, what does the bazook say? You saved Bnei Yaakov and Yosef. What's this Bnei Yosef business? It's a big discussion over here. <clears throat> so I'll explain it to you the way the Bifar Shim say. That she doesn't talk over here. She assumes you know this. And he says that, yeah, you have a biological father, that's Yaakov. But if you didn't have Yosef supplying the Jewish people with food at the time of the famine, there goes the family of Yaakov. So it was Yaakov that bore them. And it was Yosef that sustained them. That is considered as if he's considered in a certain degree their father, because he was the one that took care of them. He was the one that got them housing in Egypt. He's the one that supplied for them provisions, and he gave them all the necessities to live. Without Yosef, <laughs> they don't make it. There would no, you have Bnei Yaakov, but Bnei Yaakov would expire. So who is the one that's responsible for supplying and supporting and sustaining Benyakoop Yosef so he gets credit From here the Gemara learns a very important lesson The Gemara is and I quote in Sanhedrin page 19 If a person raises an orphan in the house. You have people, Sadiqim, even members of our community have done this. They have their family, or maybe they don't have a family, that's why they do this, but many of them have families. And they decide to take in an orphan. This is... uh, uh, a, a, a responsibility, they take upon themselves voluntarily, to be Megadel Yatom an orphan, doesn't have a mother, doesn't have a father they bring them in the house and they give them all the amenities uh, that a father or mother would give a natural child they take care of the Yatom Megadel Yatom, Megadel means they develop the Yatom so the Gemara says Megadel Yatom betok beto yelado God gives the credit as if they bore that child. <speaking in Hebrew> amazing, amazing, amazing thing. Whatever merits it is to have a child, God considers it you had a child. To the extent, if a person, let's say, was not able to have children, he didn't do pinu and He's megadil God says kiinu <speaking> <Hebrew> It's like you had a child. You did it. You, you did the mitzvah. <speaking in Hebrew> Even more so, the Mifad bring down that if you're writing legal documents, and um, he writes uh, in a document, uh, my son so-and-so, and and that's the Atom he's referring to. The document is not considered uh, inaccurate, it's considered a legal document that has accuracy because he's allowed to call, even in a legal document, that son his son, and he's allowed to call the father a father, and we don't say, well, this document is, 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 is forged, it's, uh, it's compromised, it's not his father, it's not his son. No, it, it, to the extent where even Jewish law respects it in, in, its, in its shtarot, in its papers. How do you know this? Oh, I mean, it's very nice. How do you know this? So guess where you know it from? From this pasuk in Tehilim. The gebrak calls a pasuk. Rabbi el So the <laughs> Did Yosef bore them? He didn't. Hello, Ya'akov yalad. Yaakov bore them. Ela Ya'akov yalad kilkel. Yosef raised them. Yosef supported them. That's why B'nai Yisrael can either be called B'nai Yaakov, or we can be called for the same money, B'nai Yosef. And Yosef gets credit for raising B'nai Yisrael in the sense that he supports us. He, he could have been a, like some brothers that have a lot of money. They don't, they don't want to look at their sisters and brothers. They leave me alone. That's not my responsibility. You to be called Holim. Leave me alone. It's not my responsibility to support my, uh, my needy family. Yosef could have said that. Uh, You know, especially after what they did to him. I mean, you know, he could have said, oh, now, when I needed you, you weren't there for me. You threw me into a pit and let me me languish. And now all of a sudden, the the tides turn. Now all of a sudden you're in trouble, you come to me, you could have said, do me a favor, go somewhere else. I'm not getting involved over here. But he didn't, he overcame that. Beautiful, so that's what we learn over here, the value of raising it to me. Now, on this, I saw a very, very, uh, what should I say, incredible Derasha from Ramosha Wolfson. Ramosha Wolfson wrote a sefer, Emunat Itecha. I recommend it again. These are recommended books, Imunat Itecha. So There's two volumes. Now he has a book on Imunan, he has a book on Tanya. He has, Many books, this rabbi. He's the Mashkiyah in the Yeshiva Torvadas in, in Brooklyn. Uh, he's a, a Talmud of Rav Shraga Five of Mendelavid, Salamah Shalom. He's a big Siddiqui. And don't ask me where he gets his Hadushim from, but he has tremendous, tremendous Hadushim. <clears throat> so when I was preparing the chapter, I remembered something I had read in his book in Parashat B'Yeshev. So I want to introduce it now. To the uh, the Tehillim. We have to assume Yaakov Abinu knows the whole Torah, obviously. Yaakov Abinu is Torah. Avram is Chesed, Yitzhak is Deen, Yaakov is Emet, Yaakov is the Torah. That's his uh, Midah, Torah. Yaakov Abinu studied. Torah uninterrupted for 63 years Understand that? And then what did he do after 63 years Of uninterrupted studying Torah? He went for another 14 years <laughs> So it's 77 years Uninterrupted studying of Torah That's all he did Yaakov Ishtam, Yoshev, Ohalim Studied Torah day in and day out So Yaakov knows everything Yaakov knows everything So the rabbi asked a very strong question. Remember Yosef has the dreams? Yosef, the dreams of Yosef. I'm taking you back to the the winter parashiyot. Maybe it'll change the weather a little, make it a little (laughs) more cooler now. Anyway, we get to the winter parashiyot of Vayeshev. And what happens? Yosef comes along and says, I had a dream, and I saw in the dream that the... uh, the sun and the moon were bowing to me." Now the sun and the moon is a reference to his mother and father, the sun being Yaakov, the moon arguably being Rachel, and you're going to bow. So after uh, the dream is over, what does Yaakov have been? He dismisses it. He says, Your mother's not even alive. Your mother's not alive. I died already. So what uh, kind of dream? He, he, he pushed away the dream. That she comes along and says, Now, <laughs> that's why Yaakov said, uh, "Don't pay attention." But as she tells us, "Vehu What Yaakov didn't know, That who was the moon in that dream, Bilha. Is Bilha the mother of Yosef? Yes, because who raised Yosef after Rachel died? Bilha. So that she says it, she gedaltok imo Bilha, Joseph ra- was a young boy. His mother died. Who's going to raise him? Rachel's co-wife. Who's Rachel's co-wife? Bilha. So therefore, uh, when it says uh, the sun and the moon. It means not my biological mother, the mother that supported me, the mother that raised me, the mother that took care of me. And who's my mother? My stepmother, whatever you want to call it like that? Bilha. We know it, and everybody nods and says, Yeah, of course, that's a beauty of it. We just learned it. We just learned it in the Taylim. Everybody knows this, except to who? Ya'a Cob. <laughs> Rabbi Wolfson. How come Yakob doesn't know this Hadush? Ya'qub should have said, wait, wait, wait mother, uh, it must be talking about Bilha. Instead he says, ah, this is nothing. What kind of dream is this? Your mother's not alive. Could your mother be bowing to you? The girl's not here. But in in all the 77 years of learning, uh, nobody ever told Yaakov, this is and Sanhedrin, that if you raise somebody, it's as if you bore him, and therefore Bilha can also be considered a moon. She can be considered a mother. How come Yaakov was in the dark when it comes to this Hiddush? Somebody can tell me, hey, he didn't know it. He didn't know it. No, I'm just saying he doesn't know it. Why didn't he know it? Why didn't he know it? Oh, so you're learning. You're, you're, so you're learning. It was, the whole thing was a, was a charade. A charade. He just tried to tell the brothers, ah, don't pay attention. So man. No, no, no. But as she doesn't say that, as she says, vehuloyada. As she doesn't say, he did this to get the brothers off, off Yosef's back. Now she said, you know why he said it's true? I'll explain it to you. You're right, he was getting off the back. But what did he use to get the brother to get the brothers off Yosef's back? He said something that he believed was truthful. He said, Ah, what are you paying attention to these dreams anyway? Yeah, you think the mother could bow down? And Yaakov Abinu felt that it's a, it's a legitimate claim because, hey, listen, uh, and it didn't even enter his mind that Bilham may be the one that we're talking about. Even though that was who we were talking about, why didn't he know it? So he says something, something strong. All right, let's, let's, let's review over here. Deep, deep, deep stuff. Yosef goes down to Egypt. I mean, he goes down, and they sent him down against his will. That's written right after the story of Yehuda with Tamar. There's a story that Torah told Yehuda with Tamar, which I'll tell you that now in a minute. And then right after that it says, V'yosef u'rat Mitzrayim. And Yosef went to Mitzrayim, implying that there's some connection or similarity between the story of Yehuda and Tamar, and Yosef going down to Egypt. Uh, that doesn't seem similar to me. Two different stories. I have two brothers, but two different stories says the holy books Mashiach we know that Yehuda is the origin of Mashiach Ben David it's the primary Mashiach we'll call him and Yosef is the origin of who? Mashiach Ben? Yosef from Yehuda and Yosef come the two Mashiachim the two saviors Mashiach Ben David, Mashiach Ben Yosef and the Torah is telling us that at this point in history, when Yehuda was going with Tamar, why was Tamar so focused? She has to be with Yehuda, she has to be with Yehuda. I'm not going to review the story. Remember, she went on the road and she covered herself up, and you know, whatever the story is over there. You have to learn it properly. But there's a story over there, the Yehuda and Tamar. Go look at the story. What does Yehuda want? What is, and, and, and Yehuda obviously was, was drawn to Tamar. That Sadiq is not drawn only to where there's something that's Kiddushah. He was drawn to this. And there was a near miss because even you, didn't even know that it was him until it was revealed to him, no, you're the father. And then after that, the Pasuk says, tzaddikash, he says, You're right. I'm the father. I'm, uh, I'm guilty or I'm innocent, maybe. And then it says, Mimeni. Everybody learns, Mimeni means he's saying Mimeni, it's from me. But the holy books say that in the courtroom, a heavenly voice came out, and God said, "Me, many. This was all from me. This is from me. Don't worry, God. I'm, uh, I orchestrated this whole thing, because I need to bring Mashiach. And who's born in that uh, and from that uh, 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 union? Peretz. And Peretz, go, go look at Megiddo root. You see, he's one of the early fathers. And Peretz, Obed, Ishai, etc., all the way down." <coughs> Oh, so the Gemara says, or the Achimim say, just like Yosef, just like Yuda was bringing Mashiach bin David. Down in Egypt, they were trying to bring Mashiach bin Yosef. What happened? Now, if you never heard this before, so you just you have to accept it. You know? Would I lie to you? I'm a rabbi, I would not lie to you. Eshet Potiphar. Now we're predisposed already with this lady. She is, uh, you know. I mean, she's seducing our, our tzaddik Yosef. Day in and day out. <coughs> yom yom, the Pesuch says. The clothes that she wore in the morning, she didn't wear in the afternoon. And the afternoon clothes, she didn't wear at night. We have some ladies that follow that minhag as well. <laughs> but the point is, this was a, a daily seduction of of, of Eshet Potiphar in order to bring yourself down. Yom, he doesn't, yom. He doesn't sway, he doesn't listen. So you always thought that what was the motivation of Eshet Potiphar was, uh, uh, the motivation was attraction or, uh, you know, lust. Pardon me. but the holy books say, actually she saw, however she saw, magic ball, I don't know what she has exactly, what she's looking into, but she saw, they told her, hey listen, uh, from your progeny, you're gonna have children from yourself, you're gonna, have, uh, you're gonna have children that are related to both of you, you're gonna have family from yourself. And this was very attractive when Eshet Potiphar heard this, that she's gonna have family from yourself, because she thought that she's going to be the one that brings this family because if you have family from Yosef that means you're part of the Mashiach ben Yosef process so therefore the juxtaposition between the two parashiyot back, back home on the ranch they're trying to bring Mashiach ben David and in Egypt she's trying to bring Mashiach ben Yosef so the, 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 Mashiach, the Mashiachim are in play it changes the whole story and did she see correctly or did she not see correctly well, she saw correctly, but she didn't understand what she was seeing. You could see something and, but you need to interpret it. But she had a, she had a good vision, but she had bad interpretation. Uh, fine. Now where do we go from here? So now let's see. Okay, s- separate story. Put, put, t- turn the t- channel for a minute. Turn the channel for a minute. Now we're gonna go somewhere else, a different story, and then we'll come back and we're gonna put them all together. Scene scene number two. Scene two. So now we have scene two tells us. It says Yosef went down to Egypt. I mean he obviously got married. I know he got married because he had Yosef and uh bin I'm not aware of uh, another Jewish that's down in Egypt. I mean, Chabad wasn't there yet. So it's not like that. Uh, you know, uh, the mitzvah of a tank. So so where where is where is Yosef finding a uh, religious Jewish, oh no, he was a convert. Okay, find me a bedin to convert him. There's three, three rabbis in Egypt to even make a Giyun. I mean, it's Egypt. There's nothing there. He's the only Jew in Egypt. But somehow he was able to find the girl. He got married and even had children. So we have to remember a story that happened. An amazing story. Dina, the daughter of uh, who's this? the daughter of Yaakov. She went out to Shechem one day to, to, the, to, the, uh, to the flea market, whatever they had over there. And so I of mean, the ladies from then to ready to go shopping. And she went out and she was looking around and uh, doing whatever she was doing. And all of a sudden this guy Shechem, the mayor of uh, Shechem, Shechem Ben Hamor, Hamor Ben Hamor, he came along this guy Shechem and he abused Dina. And everybody knows what happened. She got abused. Levi tore the place apart. But what people don't know is she got pregnant. So it wasn't only a, an abuse of sorts. She got pregnant. And now all of a sudden she comes back to her father's house with this, uh, this kid. Now the kid's Jewish according to Jewish law. The mother's Jewish. The kid's Jewish. But the father's uh, Shechem. The brothers didn't want this uh, child in the family. This is tainted goods. The uh, we're all pure from Yaakov, Abinu, the mothers, and what is this over here, bringing in this now, this uh, hybrid, this uh, sharpness. <laughs> so they, 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 they ousted, uh, they, they, told, they told Yaakov, we don't want this child over, it's a, a taint on the family. <clears throat> and it says, they threw her into the bushes. You remember when you were young, the bush club, you throw somebody in the bushes, join the bush club? So now, they, huh? It was a daughter. So they threw her into the bush club. In Hebrew, the way you say bushes is Sene. So that's what they called her asnat. Asnat, means. ashun now she's in the bushes. Little girl, she's crying. I've been estranged from my family. I didn't do anything. What did I do? Hashem dispatched an angel called Michael. And, you know, Michael has a magic carpet. And he put her on the magic carpet, and he flew her down to Mitzrayim. safe, safe, uh, safe house. She gets down to Mitzrayim. Sure enough, orchestration of God, she gets a job. Who did she get a job for? There's, there's 60 million people that live in Cairo. Who did she get a job with? Eshet Potifar. She becomes the private maid of Eshet Potifar. Now Ishit Potifar is raising this Yetoma, this poor girl that doesn't have any family. She's raising her. You following the stories of And <laughs> look out. Now Yosef, there's 60 million people living in Cairo. He ends up getting a job. Who? <laughs> he sees this girl over there. Now, how does he know who this girl is? Oh. So before... Yaakov sent her out he wrote for her a, a note a Kamiya I am the daughter granddaughter of Yaakov Abinu I'm Jewish and he wrote her. so all of a sudden Yosef comes in and he sees this is a special girl He knows that even though the father was from Shechem you can see that she has special qualities so he looked at her she takes out the Kamiya he looks oh this is it this is the only Jewish girl living in Egypt and look at the Kadosh baruchu if anybody questions God's ability to bring people together, this is the biggest proof. You would say there's no odds that Yosef could find a Jewish girl. Look at what he did, buddy. I've got Yosef into that house. It happens to be the same house that, that she ends up in. And why did the brothers a strangers so she so he can go down to Egypt? Hashem is a big zivugim. You don't have to, if you think that a, a human can orchestrate this, impossible. Father look how Hashem the the zivugim. To me that's a side point of this story over here. Hashem, if he wants you to get married, you'll get married. And nobody should say, "Well, oh, there's no boys, there's no girls. You're saved by the biggest excuse. <laughs> it should put, if the, 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 if the, the asnat could say, oh, there's no boys, there's no boys. She's right, she's right there's no boys. All oh, you need is one. And there was only one. That's the one you found. Hashem what you together. Anyway, what happened? Oh. That is, scene two. Now we get to the final scene of this movie, scene three, and then I'll bring you to the uh, connector. Scene three is like this: the Zora Kadosh writes, and it's a Gemara as well, that there's always a tzaddik in every generation. He's called Sadiq Yesod Olam. And Sadiq Yesod Olam, the Sadiq Yesod is the Sadiq that God brings out to the generation where the Berachat, the generation, comes through that Sadiq. The flow goes through that Sadiq. Yesod is the foundation. Foundation in Kabbalah is where the barakah flows through that pipe. It's called a pipe called Yesod. And Yesod flows into the Malkhut, which is the rest of the world. And the Sadiq is Yesod Olam. one Sadiq per generation. Now you can take a guess. In his generation, who was the one that brought Berachat to the whole entire world? Yosef. Yosef is Sadiq yisod Olam. He had great brothers, by the way. Don't, don't uh, minimize the Shabbatim. But they were not on his level. Yosef, he supported the whole world. All, anybody that ate anything during those years, Yosef touched every, every piece of spaghetti Yosef touched. He was, he was the one that gave out the food. So we think, what? Because ah, he was a good economist. No, nothing to do because he was Sadiq Yisod Olam. The Barakah came through Yosef because he earned it. Now, how do you earn to become Sadiq Yisod Olam? You need to be tested first. And you need to overcome the test of immorality. And it's Sadiq that's tested in such a strong way. He makes what's called Tikuna Yisod. Then God says, Your pipes are perfect and clean and pure. The Barakah can come through you. It, it must be first earned. It's not that it's just, okay, lottery, We pick a lottery. Okay, you'll say if you won the lottery. You're, congratulations, you're the, the Tzadik Yisot this year. Congratulations, you won. Hey, lucky guy. No, nothing to do with a lucky guy. He earned it. Through what? To the Nisyonot. And which nisayon in particular? Eshet Potifah. Yom, yom, you don't know the test. He's 17 years old. Handsome. This says when he used to walk in the street, the ladies used to look on the on the balconies, just to get a peer, just to get a look at Yosef, they would throw things at him, flowers and different things, so he would look up, and they would faint, and that's when Asnat was also on the balcony, she threw the kamia at him, and she had a good aim it seems, and it landed, oh, he looked at her, okay, (laughs) he knows, he knows this is, uh, this he put in his pocket, this one over there. Everybody said, what did he throw What is her? What is that? This is a special, special message. He sent from Yaakov Abinu in the Kamiya. Anyway, this was so, so amazing that Yosef was able to overcome the test in Esher Putifar every single day. Especially when everybody went to church that day and she stayed home alone. And the, the Nisagom was getting stronger and stronger. We cannot imagine. This is not an easy test, trust me you shouldn't think uh, to yourself ah, this was easy for yourself, it was not easy this was not easy this is more difficult than all the tests combined of everybody but he overcame it once he overcame it at that moment he gets the uh, diploma, congratulations you are now Sadiq Yisot Olam now he has to take a punishment first to go into jail, to earn some more tikkunim. but eventually becomes Sadiq Yisot Olam because of that Without that, he does not supply food for Egypt and the whole story of the Jews coming down to Egypt in this way would not have happened. Good. Now let's go back to everything. You need to know one more fact. You know when they say everything has a time? There's a time for everything. You the people say, it wasn't the time, it wasn't the time. Uh, when the lady wants to give birth, it should be in the right time. Everything has its time. And when things don't happen, answer it's, it's not the time yet. Hashem Shem's waiting for a better time. We don't push the time. We don't, it doesn't work on our schedule. It works on God's schedule. Divret Torah also has a timetable. When Hashem wants to release the Vre Torah into the world, He releases it. And until God wants to release a certain idea of Torah into the world, it's hidden. I'll give you a simple example. Remember there was a big controversy of we allowed to accept Moavi converts, convertises? You know, but I said you can't accept Moavi converts. Does that apply to ladies? Does it not? it's a big, big subject, and it was—it was a—it was a, a controversy for many years until Boaz came, and the conclusion of that argument was laid to rest. You can, and finished. The court took the t- gavel and said case closed, and that's it. Root is permissible. We don't want to hear this anymore. Why that generation? That's the time for that kedush. That kedush needed to to develop or germinate or. Or, or, or blossom then every generation has their hiddush. good? good beautiful now let's go back to the story Eshet Potifar, she comes along and takes out a crystal ball whatever we said and she says oh look at this look at this good things are coming from me good things are coming from me from Yosef <laughs> we're going to have progeny we're going to have the children together we're going to have Mashiach all good things and she tells yourself this. That's part of the seduction. That's part of the seduction, don't you know? Part of the seduction is, I see. Look, look at the crystal ball. We're going to have Mashiach together. Now, now, that's, how you, that's how you seduce a Sadiq. <laughs> <laughs> you know what are you going to tell him? Lust, desire, ah, Sadiq doesn't talk to me. Don't, don't you want to have Mashiach with me? Oh, I ain't talking now. That's, that's another story. Now was a crystal ball malfunctioning or was it correct? It was correct. It's was correct. Because really, Eshet Potiphar and Yosef have a shared child. But not from Eshet Potiphar. From the child that Eshet Potiphar raised. Because didn't we learn that if you raise a child... It's like it's yours. So Asenat, although her biological mother was Dinah, her godmother or stepmother, whatever you want to call her, was Eshet Potifar. So she wasn't wrong when she saw that something good's going to come out of her, but it wasn't her, it was from Adora. Only problem is, God did not Reveal that idea to Yosef at that time. Because if Yosef would have known this idea, there goes the test. Yosef would have told Ish I see it. I heard this from my father. I heard this from my father. What is Yosef now? It's taught from from his father. My father told me a big hadush, listen, you're right, it's going to come from us, but not through you, through the daughter. So therefore, let me marry your daughter, and we'll get credit, and therefore the test would have been dissipated. But Allah withheld that information in order that they will not know that piece of the puzzle. Both of them will think that it has to come through Eshet Potifar, and wife is not going to know another option. Your sister have to resist the temptation nonetheless in order to make Yosef the Sadiq Yesod onam, because if he doesn't pass this test, he's not suddenly, in order for everything to happen, this information would be premature if Yosef would know it at this time. Still now we're learning it. So Moshe Wolfson said, that's why God did not reveal it to Yaakov either. So when, you know, when Yosef comes with a dream and he says, oh, I saw the sun and the moon, and Yaakov said, what are you talking sun and the moon? The moon is dead. Nachal is dead. What moon. And then she says, he didn't know that he's talking about Bilha, Because Yaakov didn't know yet that idea that the one that raises the child is like the child. Because if he would have known that idea, he would have told it to Yosef. Because he taught Yosef all the Torah. And then Yosef would have known it. And if Yosef would have known it, it would have dissipated the test. And he would have just explained to Isha Potiphar, oh no, don't worry about Mashiach. It'll be from both of us. I'm going to marry Asenat. She's your daughter after all. My father told me that when I had the dream. Just like Bilhaz, my mother, you're the mother of, of, of Asenat. And it was okay. But by not knowing the information, it creates the nisayon, it creates the, 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 the test to become much greater. Once this happened, now God's okay. Now we can reveal the Hadush. Now, Bene Yaakov, Be Yosef Selah. Now we can reveal it. Now this Kedush already can come out to the world and it doesn't affect uh, uh, the, 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 the outcomes of what we need to bring the world to. Understand how he's learning it? It's a, it's a magnificent uh, idea. It's, it's so glamorous the way the rabbi is able to bring these ideas together. <clears throat> and Yaakov, it's not because he was ignorant of the fact. Just exactly. Nobody could know this fact. It, God did not send it down the uh, the pipes yet. Didn't exist such a hadush, for good reason. Because if it would have existed in Yaakov's library, it would have existed in Yosef's library. And if Yosef would have known this in his library, that means Eshet Putifar would have known it. And then she would have said, "Okay, since anyway, this is not so much about lust. It's about bringing Mashiach. So therefore, take us in and thank you very much, and don't forget me in know But because that wasn't known. So therefore, the test becomes greater and greater and greater. It's, just, it's only me. It's only me. You see, it says it's coming through me. It's coming through me. Don't tell me, not. she's not related to, to me. I don't know. She's my, she's, my, she's my maid. It's me. And Yosef sees that. He has to control himself because he knows that she's Ishit ish at the end of the day. She's a married lady. You can't, you can't kosher that. Mashiach, yeah, Mashiach. She's still married. I mean, it's Ishit ish. Adultery. You're not bringing Mashiach to adultery. But she was so blinded by it that she couldn't even... You know, we'll do one wrong to do a big right. You know, some people do that. You know? so, you, so you make a big wrong, but a big right will come out of it. <laughs> no, to, to bring right, you have to do right. Wrong doesn't bring right. But Potiphar's wife was so eager for this. But if she just would have been, played it simple, she could have been great, not cause yourself to make the sin, not go down as a not proper lady. She would have gone down as a proper lady. And, and, and guess what? Mashiach does come from, from Asenat at the end, from Ishid from, from Potiphar, through, through Asnat, through her bringing up a Asenat, which only became revealed post-facto, after the event happened. So that's, a, that's a, a lesson that we learn uh, from this uh, chapter as well. Bene Yaakov for sure. But the Hidush of the chapter is Bene Yosef as well. Yosef was the Yasadiq Yisod Olam. And look at that. It's so beautiful that you, know, you, marry, you marry who you're supposed to marry. Yosef, who is the Sadiq Yasod olam, who's considered the father of Klai Yisrael because of what he did, marries a girl who we learned the Hidush from. <laughs> he marries a girl, and that's who we learned the Hidush from. His wife actually is a product of that concept. Understand what I just said? Yosef, why is he considered the father of Klai Yisrael? Because he supported them, because he fed them, because he developed them. And therefore, he's considered there, not biological but spiritual, whatever you want to call it, natural or not natural. Uh, what do we say? Stepfather, in the sense because he supplied them, he maintained them. But he marries a girl that had the same story. She was maintained by Eshit Potiphar. And therefore, there's a similarity. You see, when you marry somebody, there's always similar stories that they have. You always find similar names that are similar in families and stories are similar. And that happened to you, that happened to me also. So this is another thing that they have in common. She, Yosef, was the one that sustained B'nai's and therefore became the father of K'lai Yisrael. And she was on the other side. She was on the receiving end. Asnat was on the receiving end of it. She was the child of somebody that raised her in Mitzrayim and therefore became her mother to a certain degree. To say that Mashiach ultimately will come from Ishid Potiphar, but not no credit to Ishid Potiphar. If it was up to her, she would have brought it. In, in the wrong way, and if she would have done it the wrong way, Mashiach would not have come anyway, if she would have done it in the adulterous way. And that's the lesson over here. Okay, we'll stop over here.